Hello everybody and welcome to Two Geeks and One New, where we gather friends of similar interests and maybe not so similar and discuss, joke, learn more about, and generally have fun with geek culture. Today we're talking about Harry Potter and all the facets that go along with that, all the books, movies. Uh, so what do you guys think? Do you like, love, hate? Oh, what do you guys think? The books were phenomenal. Like those were, those and Lord of the Rings were books that as a family, we would read. So just to clarify what I mean by our family would sit down and read them. We would unplug the TV, the phones, sit down. If it was later in the year, we'd light a fire. But sit down, and one of the four of us would read, read to the rest of the family. Awesome, awesome time. Great memories associated with it. Nice. Yeah, for me, I didn't get introduced to Harry Potter until much later uh, when I got married, because my family was very much against it when I was growing up, um, and all that. So, uh, yeah, we, we watched it and then, um, yeah, like we've watched it a couple times since then, like, <laughs> like every year we watch it at least twice. <laughs> we get into that mode of just like, okay, what do we want to watch? Okay. Oh, Harry Potter. Let's, <laughs> let's go through the movies again. <laughs> My story is kind of similar to Dan's in that I didn't get to watch them until much later. Uh, I've only seen the, all of the movies through once, though, so it's not quite to Dan's extent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I've seen all of the movies, and I've played the Lego Harry Potter games, but outside of that, <laughs> I don't know a whole lot about that series. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I mean, it, initially, our, our family were kind of in the same boat, where it's like, yeah, no... Uh, but it became so pervasive where, like, you know what? No, my folks were saying, you know what? Let's go ahead and read it, but we'll read it as a family. And I mean, that actually brought up a lot of ancillary topics for us to talk about in that regard and use it as kind of a compare and contrast of like, okay, here's what a lot of culture says. Here's what a lot of culture we, we as a family are involved in says. What do we compare? Uh, how do we compare that to? How do we handle those differences? That sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it ended up being a net positive, I would say. Nice. So, uh, my, I guess my first question to you guys would be like, what, what are your favorite characters like, in, in the in the in the movies? Man, that's a tough one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of dropped a bombshell question on us. Yeah, right, right off the bat, <laughs> I, I figured I'd I'd throw a, a curveball at you right at the beginning. Yeah, for me, Lupin, mm. and um, oh, I'm having a massive brain fart right now. Remus? No. Remus is Lupin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Way to go, bud. <laughs> uh, I was thinking of... Um, 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 wow. Neville. Oh, Neville. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, for me, it would be uh, Remus Lupin and Neville Longbottom. Nice. Yeah. I wouldn't have expected that one from you. Really? Yeah. Well, but okay. Like the, the Neville one. Really? Because... That's actually one of my favorite characters. <laughs> well, that's funny because that's actually one of my favorite characters as well. <laughs> Do we just become uh, best friends? <laughs> <laughs> For me, like, I always enjoyed Neville's character, but at the end when he's like, we get to blow it up, go boom. I was like, okay, yep, nope, that seals it. <laughs> Wait, was that Neville or was that? That was Seamus. That was Seamus. Seamus is the one that blows things 
I thought Neville was part of that conversation too with the bridge I at the, at the big battle. Recall. He was on the bridge. Oh, you're right. Yeah. He was. Yeah, because he was the one that was. Uh, he almost fell down. You're right because yeah. he he calls. Yep, and then yeah, it was a uh, McGonagall who was saying, "Hang on, you want us to do what? <laughs> Boom, yeah. Seamus. Boom." <laughs> <laughs> Like one of the few times that she is very much just breaking all bearing and saying, nope, nope, get it done. <laughs> <laughs> Forget formalities, just do it. <laughs> yeah. I, and I love that part in the movie, too, where uh, where McGonagall is, like, doing the, the spell to get the uh, the army, uh, the, the statue yes. army. And she's like, I've always wanted to try this. <laughs> <laughs> or try that spell. Yeah. <laughs> that and also just gotta go with a sheer mama bear oh miss yeah. weasley especially mm. in the eighth movie yep oh yes <laughs> <laughs> all right so bringing it bringing it back to number one like the the first movie like what are what are your guys favorite moments from from that movie and like we don't have to go through like all all eight movies of what's your favorite moment, but like to start it off, I mean the first movie it has its moments, and we gotta at least say something about that one, you know. I mean, I feel like it does a really good job of really getting your attention as the series is getting ready to start, letting you know like these are at least some of the characters you're going to be seeing throughout this adventure. And like, they do such a good job of getting you attached to those characters quickly. I oh, think, yeah. um, yeah. and just the buildup and everything. Like, I, I will say that it's been a very long time since I've seen the first movie well over a decade. Um, <laughs> so I don't remember a whole lot about it admittedly, but <laughs> that's one thing I, that stood out to me for sure is just how well they get you attached to those characters and how quickly they do so. Yeah. Especially uh, someone like Hagrid where he right off the bat is very protective and mm -hmm. very much like a, almost like a father figure to him or at least a big brother type. And it just like, yeah, all right. I like this guy. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean like the first, first movie, like you said, it, it sets it up very well. I'll I'll admit my my first impression of the a movie of the of that movie. I wasn't a huge fan of it because I didn't start watching it until like six or seven came out. So I was kind of watching six or seven at first, and then I went back and watched them so I could understand what was going on. Yeah. So kind of going from six and six or seven, and then going back to one, I was like, oh oh okay. <laughs> Like these are very different kind of movies, yeah, but still yeah. very enjoyable. Um, yeah. I, one thing I will say for the first film, uh, the first couple films, Chris Columbus was the perfect choice for it, especially for the tone that they were trying to capture and keep keeping the same tone as the books. Oh yeah, because well, pointedly the books are written from kind of this the narrative perspective. They continually capture this sense of childlike wonder. Mm. Chris Chris Columbus, um, one of the, if you're unfamiliar with the first Harry Potter films, the other film that almost everyone will know universally by Chris Columbus is Home Alone. Oh yeah, I mean that is his style. Is how do I tell this from the eyes of a child? And now that I think of it, the the 
feel of those movies is very similar with the yeah, it, especially with like the music and stuff. Oh yeah, very much that. It's Christmas creepy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But it, it, where and with music especially on that one, they captured the tone of the books mm. perfectly. <laughs> they left out a lot that I wish they didn't. Um, like I still miss PV not being in the movies. Mm. PV would have been awesome. Yeah, uh, he would have been annoying as crap because that's how he was in the books. But he would have been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like I remember you telling me about that character before because, like I said, I've never read the Peeves, books. So. Peeves, not PV. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's, yeah. PV uh, is a, a a type of amp, <laughs> guitar amp. <laughs> Nice. But anyway, <laughs> who yeah. knows? Maybe they get, got that from that. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, but for him to direct the first couple of films, nails it on the head because you capture that that innocence and wonder that comes from the first couple of books, where it's like, hang on, this whole new world that I've been completely hidden from for years, that I'm practically royalty in. Mm. I'm practically a celebrity in. Yeah. That, this is all new to me. And you're coming into it with this, these eyes of knowing what's, what else is out there. And you're coming into it with this fresh sense of, this is new. I can have this new start. I can do what I, whatever I want. I can make myself whoever I want to be. Mm-hmm. And I already have this legacy that, that sucks, but, wow, I'm someone else entirely. Yeah. To be able to, capture that in in tone was awesome and i think chris chris columbus was absolutely the perfect person to do that yeah i could definitely see that but i think the real magic that comes through the first couple of films though is if you rewatch the series in mm. order because there are little tiny nuanced things that are in the film in the first couple of films if it's certain mannerisms behaviors or certain objects that will carry on through the series and like Oh, that comes into play at whatever point. Right, right. And you get this sense where it's like, this has been constructed from the beginning of the storyline here. Like, um, I, I know a lot of fans know the story, but love it. Love that it happened. So when they were filming the first, uh, you know, the first movie, uh, J.K. Rowling was part of the process. Um, as she was, I think, with all eight of the core films. Mm-hmm. Um, Alan Alan Rickman, uh, the gentleman who played Snape. Yep. God rest him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so the gentleman who played Snape goes to J.K. Rowling and says, okay, what is it about my character? I'm trying to get in his head. And at this point, she had plotted out pr- the major story points of of the entire series. Mm-hmm. She goes to Rickman and tells him. And continually throughout filming of the rest of the series, the director, Chris Columbus, or whoever else, and and to the diehard fans, I do apologize. I don't remember the other directors off the top of my head right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But throughout the series, they'd give him acting direction and he would fall back on it. Like, no, we're not doing it that way. Well, why not? Ask Joe. (laughs) and it was just a secret between the two of them until the last movie and then it just kind of clicks and you're like hey uh oh (laughs) (laughs) 
and every reaction just <clears throat> falls into place. Yeah. I have to say one thing uh, that kind of, along those lines, it almost confuses me still of the, the whole storyline of Snape. Because, <laughs> Excuse me. like, I can see kind of those things that you're saying through the all the other movies up until he dies of, like, yeah, no, he's doing this because of being slighted, of being rejected, of being, you know, in love with Lily and stuff like that. But then there's just this one part, like, like this one section of it that it just doesn't click for me what what actually it means like the whole idea of him having the um the deer patronus and um harry potter having the deer patronus or the stag patronus right so like it it confuses me because it almost seems like they're saying that it's actually snape is his father or something like that but it's not (laughs) you're right and it's it's just like that's so confusing. Why is that so, like, what the heck? <laughs> so, and I apologize for other fans who remember this part of the canon far better than I do. He changed his Patronus after she died. Really? Yes. <clears throat> so that moment in Deathly Hallows 2, uh, Yates, David Yates was the director, mm-hmm. who I, I can just imagine him either reading the book or reading the script for the first time, whichever came first and thinking, Oh, how do I do this on the cutting room floor? <laughs> <laughs> and that uh, shows. It, oh, huh? it showed. <laughs> it showed. He did a fantastic job with that. Um, anyway, sorry. Off topic. Oh, I was, I was saying the opposite. <laughs> I was like, it doesn't, so well, it doesn't come across right to me for some okay. reason from, from a canonical standpoint and getting all the story points across. You're right. From an emotional impact point, like yeah, he he nailed it. Yeah. Okay. Um, See, if if they if they had put that much emphasis on that, yeah, I probably would have understood it right away. Yeah, it's, because it's, they never showed what his Patronus was before. You're right. Yeah. So it was like, okay, now I get it. Like that's that was a powerful thing for him to yeah. change what his Patronus was. Right. So, so yeah. Okay. Now I, I, I get. I it. think I think they did it as well as they could have without having done what you're suggesting, mm-hmm. which I don't recall them actually ever pointing it out. What his, what his Patronus was before. No, they did. I think in four, no. Dumbledore's army started in five. Uh, it was half blood prince. Yeah. Yeah. So seven. No, that's no. Yeah. Five. Wait, six. <laughs> no, I 12. miss my head. I miss my head. <laughs> Seven is Deathly Hallows. Uh, eight is Deathly you. Hallows Two. So right, it's six. Right. Sorry, I'm getting confused talking about books and movies. Okay. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, good grief! <laughs> I had a Monty Python moment there. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's one. No, it's five. No, it's four. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you. In six. Okay, grief. Um, so I think they do point it out in six, um, but the way they portray it in the film, it, you have this flashback where uh, Snape is giving this chain of memories to Harry as he is dying. And one of the last memories he gives, it's back-to-back. It's him clutching Lily after she, after 
um, after Voldemort's killed her, mm-hmm. with Harry looking on, wondering what the crap just happened. Yeah. And, well, as best as a child can, a, an infant can convey that look. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but um, having, uh, having that scene followed by the conversation Snape has with Dumbledore afterwards about becoming this double agent mm-hmm. and then asking, why do you care so much? And with that, Snape flourishes his Patronus and it's, the it's deep, the dough. Yeah. Or the dough. Yeah. And Dumbledore just looks at him and says, after all this time, all wins. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. A little misty yet on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that, that makes a whole lot more sense now that I know that because, yeah, that, oh my. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did that help? That definitely helps. <laughs> Define help. Do I understand it better? Yes. Do I feel better? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, All right, so Caleb, what. <laughs> <laughs> you you've been silent for too long. What what's what's going on with with you and Harry Potter? Uh <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Sorry, should I say Hermione? <laughs> what guy from that from our age group didn't have a crush on her at some point, right? <sighs> Fair point. Yep. Um like for me it was I was always interested in the series and whatnot, but I just didn't have a lot of exposure to it. I kind of had that situation with my parents, like listening to all the nonsense comments people were making. And it was like, all right, you're not allowed to read or watch these. And so like, I just never got a lot of exposure to it until much later. And at that point I was interested in it, but like, I didn't have that same like deep rooted love and connection for that series that so many other people have just because of how much later I got into it. But it's, it's a series that I have a lot of respect and appreciation for, and I do enjoy it whenever I, whenever I've watched it. Uh, And anytime, whenever I'm hanging out with you guys, if you have it on playing in the background, like I tend to get kind of sidetracked and distracted watching (laughs) it. Um, But yeah, it's just one that I didn't really get as much exposure to until so much later on. It's a fascinating story, uh, mm-hmm. and I think that's why my wife and I watch it so much is that it it pulls you in, and it, it yeah, for some reason, it just is very fascinating as a world, and as, like you said, David, uh, earlier, with it being kind of a hidden world, uh, and like wow, that, that's, that's really cool, like magic exists, and it, it's under a, a veil almost, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I, I definitely get you. It definitely, <laughs> like you said, it, it, <laughs> it pulls you in even when you're doing something else. It's not necessarily a background movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Number of times that we've been having a game night and then, I've heard Caleb, it's your turn as I'm just staring at the screens. Like, oh, oh, oh my <laughs> <Yeah>. bad. <laughs> yep. Um, all right. So another curveball. <laughs> what is your favorite spell that they cast in Ooh. in any of the movies? Like, what 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 what's the one that 
sticks out in your head whenever you whenever you hear it or whenever you whenever you're thinking about it. So well, thanks to the joke you made at the start of or before we started recording. (laughs) (laughs) Expensive petroleum. They're just <laughs> right in the mind now. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, I will buy that sticker if it comes out. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> what about you, <laughs> David? Um, as far as coolest one, especially for effect, um, and yes, macabre, uh, sectum sempra mm. for enemies. Oh yeah. Um, uh, cause that's, <laughs> yep. <laughs> like it's, it's death by a thousand cuts instantly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That and also that is another element that they explain, but not fully mm. where, if you're in the know, you get the full concept of it. If you're not, then you're like, oh, wow. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's rough. And everyone who's read the book is looking at just the film watchers like, you don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think I actually knew that. Okay. Uh, like Story I, <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is that, like, my... I can't really point to a specific... Um, spell that is my favorite but i love the fact that all the spells you can tell what they do just by listening to what the word is oh yeah yeah like oculus repero it fixes glasses glasses or it fixes sight or yeah yeah um or um expelliarmus it expels your arms (laughs) like your your (laughs) your weapon you know just it yep. fascinates me how it's something so simple that they just go, oh, yeah, that's what the spell is. Well, my question is, how many kids were first introduced to Latin through Harry Potter? Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, even even just thinking about it as just a simple language, though, like... Oh, yeah. Um, like, even just to kind of take it off of Harry Potter for just one second, like, in the DC universe... Excuse me. When they... When, like, Zatara or Zatanna... Uh, does a spell it's just speaking it backwards yeah so like something very simple that could somebody could just be like oh yeah that's what the spell is yeah and it's like oh okay yeah that's cool (laughs) (laughs) just think of what the latin word is for this particular thing and just change it to (laughs) yeah you know (laughs) i just think that's cool (laughs) i think it helps with like the engagement from the audience too, making it to where like the words and whatnot for this are so much easier to pick up than they could be in other things where they could pick this really obscure way of making the spells and it would be cool. But outside of like the people that deep dive into the wiki pages, they wouldn't really know what's going on. Whereas with this one, you actually have that, like, like you said, that familiarity just by kind of listening and paying attention to the words. And it's just so much easier for the fan base to pick up and understand and appreciate really. Yep. Very much so. And I have to point out something real quick that, Caleb, you wouldn't know at this point, but David's T-shirt right now that he's wearing, it's a band T-shirt, but it has an owl on it. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm just looking at it going, hey, it's Hedwig. (laughs) That is is very clearly not a barn owl, my friend. That is is a great horned owl. (laughs) 
okay, fine. It's just a Harry Potter owl then. <laughs> <laughs> it's still one of the approved pets, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. Okay, so that is another thing I want to talk about right now. Is the approved pets for this school? Yes. Rat, uh, rats were not on it. Yes, they were. Or, oh, yes, it was. Uh, yes, sorry. They were. Scabbers. It was cats, rats, cats, rats, and owls. And? And frogs. To- uh, yes. Or toads, yeah. Yeah. So, why would dogs not be on that? They're trainable. <laughs> <laughs> they are trainable. And this, this honestly is part of where. Uh, I think a lot of the scare came from because a lot of the lore for Harry Potter was based in a lot of previous lore of witches. Mm-hmm. Um, witches so, don't like dogs. Uh, well, it, I, I don't know <laughs> if it's so much witches don't like dogs or more of the fact of all the lore has witches with associated with toads or owls or frogs yeah. or cats or rats. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I could be completely off base on that one. I don't recall that being explained in the books. Um, I could be completely off base. I don't think it it does it in the movies either. It's just yeah, I just think it's funny that. The movies. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like these are your approved pets, and these are the only things you can have. These are nasty little. <laughs> owls are owls are awesome. Owls are cool. <laughs> I will give that to to Harry Potter. Is owls are cool. And I will also say sometimes you get lucky, and a cat acts more like a dog. <laughs> Very lucky sometimes. Yeah. But is it worth the gamble? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to go and you have to like shop for the perfect breed for that. Yeah. <laughs> Even then, there's no guarantee whatsoever. <laughs> but yes, you raise a very fair point. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like dogs should have been in there just because of their trainability. Because you could have it sit there and like, you could turn it into anything, and it'll be like, "I'll be, I'll make you happy, and I'll just sit here and take it." <laughs> <laughs> uh, we do not deserve dogs. No, anyway. not at all. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> but a little bit off the point. <laughs> a, little, a little. Though I am curious, given the approved animal list, what would y'all choose and why? <sighs> I would probably say owl. Um, a close second, I think, would probably be a cat, just because they're cuddly. I mean, when when they get in their cuddle modes, they are very cuddly. Very true. Um, and they can be very useful, I think, in some ways. But owls definitely are, are top tier. <laughs> yeah. It'd definitely be owl for me, for sure. <laughs> definitely not rat or toad. <laughs> I would take a rat or toad over a cat. Mm. I do not like cats. I, I would, mm. yeah. I would, I would, owl is first choice or some, some form of bird. Yeah. So owl, falcon, mm. may, uh, maybe a falcon. I was honestly going to go more raven, but mm. yeah. Ravens are actually very trainable. Yeah. See, whenever I think of, oh, oh never mind. I won't go, <laughs> go down that road. Uh-oh. <laughs> But um, actually, I would say a, a close second for me would be a rat. Now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like it would probably be that as well, just because some rats are kind of cute. They can be kind of cute, but also rats, 
consider the fact that the pets were more than just companions. They were genuinely like, they actually served a purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, owls, one, owls, you can train them to hunt. Woo! Yeah. Um, hunt and do the, the messaging. The messaging and, yeah. Send letters and packages. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And frankly, in that world, that's basically how you live. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Rats get you information. Mm. In what way? What, what what did they do in that? <laughs> so I don't think they ever did it in the movies. Um, but uh, there was a scene in the books where they put one of the expandable ears on scabbers. Oh, yeah, yeah, Because yeah. rats can typically go about unnoticed. That's right. I forgot about that. Whereas cats, they're pretty apparent. Toads, depends on the area. Did they use the rat in, in the book for the scene uh, that they used the... Um... The expendable, or the extendable ear. So, if you're referring to um, the scene, the Weasleys, in Deadly in... Ha- uh, not get grief, in uh, Order of the Phoenix, where they're standing in the stairwell, yeah, floating it down down the stairwell, yeah, no, okay, so they uh, did they did that in the book though, correct, okay, yeah, cool. I think there were other means that you could as well, where basically you're using the rat as basically a, a bug, mm-hmm. um, but. Yeah, because you could you could polymorph it pretty much. Yeah, it's uh, scary useful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. Plus, you could have it perch on your shoulder and act like a parrot. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Stinking cool owls. <laughs> Pirate. Why the heck aren't owls actual, like, pets? <laughs> actually, if you have a, lar- a large enough bin, you can actually... Adopt one, but you have to go through a uh, uh, through an apprenticeship with a registered falconer. <laughs> At least in our area, yeah. Because I mean, no, I've not done any research into this. For falconry. <laughs> no, none. <laughs> you would be one I would see doing falconry. Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. Like, <laughs> not even remotely surprised that you would know this information. <laughs> Has to be a ten by ten by eight. Uh, eight space, plenty of of um, uh, like mental activity. Yes, that's a giant room. Yes, <laughs> for a bird. Yes, and actually, some municipalities actually require insurance as well. Well, yeah, for the bird. Not um, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, but like, actually, because of it, it helps. Why a lot are of you so colonies. surprised that the space needed, Dan? Do you think us poor people are out there training falcons for giggles? Like. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm just saying that, like, most birds can survive in, like, a, you know, really small cage as long as you let them out. Small birds. We're talking about birds of prey now. No, like, like, falcon is We're also getting very off topic. (laughs) We are very (laughs) off topic. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's semi in line with topics. Yeah. I mean, you. Yeah, I mean, think about it. once you get up, once you get out of one of the academies, or one, one of the schools, and you're on your own. If you need to train, or if you need to get food, use magic. Oh, sorry, use what? magic, or just train your freaking owl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep. Um, so it's a good, it's a good viable, yeah, <laughs> way of getting food. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> so Harry Potter. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, this episode is weird. Um. <laughs> so is the Wizarding World, right? Your point. <laughs> oh, so speaking of Wizarding World, oh boy, <laughs> Universal. Yes, the Harry Potter world in, in at Universal. Universal. <laughs> Universal. So I, I went there last September, and it was amazing. Like, if you've ever been to anywhere that just like builds a world for you, it's just cool. It's just amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like they have Diagon Alley. They have. Uh, they have uh, no, nocturne. About to say alley. Yeah, about to say. <laughs> so they have diagonal alley and diagonally. Yeah, <laughs> they have both. Okay, which <laughs> diagonally was nocturne alley. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean they had so much detail there though. Like you, you felt like you were in the movie. That's awesome. It was That's amazing. something that Disney has done really well with is just the world building at the parks because it's the same thing with they the parks and the building that they've done like with referring back to like uh, Galaxy's Edge for example just the the effort and the attention to detail that they put in with those parks and the things that they really do trying to build that environment making it to where it's just this you're completely immersed yeah. in the world. Oh, yeah. And that's something that they've always done a really good job with in, in regards to that stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, with, with the Harry Potter world, with Galaxy's Edge, with with um, even, like, the, the King Kong thing, it was very similar. But going back to Harry Potter, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, that still ties into the Harry Potter conversation because we had already talked about how this universe does such a good job of just capturing your attention. Oh yeah. And they were able to show how true that is with that park and the, what they did with that, bringing it in and making it to where you were immediately immersed in that as well. And like they, they obviously put in the F the work to make it what it is. Yeah. Um, but it, it's, it's just this universe that captures you. Yeah, and yep. that, and they that really shows with how successful that park has been. I mean, it was it was one of those that almost immediately got people's attention because of how popular Harry Potter is. Yeah. Oh yeah. I would even say that it was like the Universal Harry Potter Wizarding World was almost better in my opinion than the Galaxy's Edge, just because it put you in in the world. And it it didn't have you, like, like paying for extra things. It was just like, no, like, this is for you to experience. You mm. know, like, th this is something where you you can look in the stores. You, like, obviously, you have to pay for, like, merchandise and stuff. But, like, <laughs> like you can go in and look at the wands. At... Do you have to exchange for galleons? <laughs> You'd think. <laughs> It'd be cool if they did that. It was just... <laughs> Actually, kind of like what they did with Galaxy's Edge is they give you a little uh, golden credit thing. But nice. I think that would be cool if they did that in the Harry Potter world. It's like, yeah, these are galleons. Like, <laughs> like switch your money out for this and you can spend it, you know? Um, but yeah, like the... Oh my gosh. 
Well, it helps too that like you can use the wand to do various things within the park as right. well. Yeah. And so it's like you're not just walking around the park and looking at the cool things like you're actually interacting directly with the park. And so yeah. it, it just has a different feel to it. Like, I mean, I love Star Wars and I love Galaxy's Edge, but the Harry Potter park definitely just has a completely different feel and level of engagement. Yeah. Yeah. And then for those of us who haven't been to Universal, you have not been to either. Okay. okay. So what he's talking about is like they have like if you buy a wand and you stand in certain spots and you do specific um, gestures, flourishes and stuff like that, parts of the the stores and stuff interact with that. Oh, that's so, like, awesome. There's one part where like you're standing in front of the clothing store and you do a particular flourish and a measuring tape will come down and like like <laughs> co- or come down and go back up and, oh, and stuff awesome. like that. It's just and there's many different things throughout the park that does that. It's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Like Harry Potter is another one of those franchises where it's like how many other franchises do you see where people just actively discuss and debate what house they're a part of? Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just the number of arguments I've heard from friends is like, I'm a Hufflepuff. I'm like, why would you want to be that? It's like, what, why does it matter? <laughs> like, no, let them be what they want to be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. David, I've heard you say many times that you, you're you a Hufflepuff. Why? What? Have you I not? I am not a Hufflepuff. You're not a Hufflepuff. No. What, what did you say you I are? I am a Ravenclaw. Ravenclaw. That's what it is. Okay. <laughs> why do you say that you're a Ravenclaw? Ravenclaws are naturally inquisitive and they love puzzles. Okay. So yeah. any any challenge, any anything that gets them their their faculties um, occupied, that's something they are drawn to. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Cool. Caleb, what uh, have you done yours and seen what you are? No, I have not. I've been told by several friends I needed to get on that and <laughs> If they listen to this, they're going to be real disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So then I'm going to say that I think you're Slytherin. (laughs) Based on what I understand, yeah. (laughs) I I, I could see it. I think you're, yeah. If I had to guess, I'd say you're somewhere between a Slytherin and a a, a Gryffindor. Mm. Yeah, I'd say that as well. Like, you you could pick either. Yeah. Because you are very... You are very uh, loyal to your friends, and you want to do the right thing, almost to the point where it's inhibiting you sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, However, if you know you need to get something done, and it is the right thing to do, you're going to do it, even if you have to employ some means that are definitely... I'm trying to think how to phrase this so it's questionable. (laughs) I'm not going to say questionable because they're they're always on board. It's just maybe not what the person wanting you to do the thing is asking you to do. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe not something that they'd be cool with personally. I don't think I've ever known you to do something not on the up and up, but. Yeah, just I, I again with my limited knowledge and what I understand. Yeah, that that sounds pretty accurate. <laughs> All right, I'm curious what you say about me then, because like I could probably see myself as either a Hufflepuff or 
a Gryffindor. I was about, actually about to say the same. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> you are very kind of laissez-faire. Um, and very... For layman, what, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> kind of uh, like, okay, just go with the flow is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, type of personality. Uh, however, you you as well, you are fiercely loyal. I've seen you stand up to stand up to many people in defense of someone else, and mostly movies. It, it <laughs> fair, <laughs> fair, and I've been on the receiving end of it. <laughs> but I will. I will also get off my airbender. <laughs> I've not at all gotten on the airbender. I know. I know. Uh, wait. There was you, a movie of that? Exactly. <laughs> uh, I thought it was just two shows. <laughs> Only two I, shows. I, Only. I, <laughs> I do have to say that I love how I just said, get off my airbender, and that sounds like get off my butt. But anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not going there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, <laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> I, I can definitely see you as both a Hufflepuff, but also a Gryffindor. So I'll just leave it at that. Cool. <laughs> no, that, so, that that makes sense to me. I, I feel like there's both uh, there's things on both sides that I, I'm I see myself as. So yeah, cool. Glad you see the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> So now that we've gone down that rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm not going into the whole split house thing because that's just nonsense. No, no. No, that's it's... like a gray Jedi. <laughs> no, no. no. I, that... know, I know, I know. Actually, not. is it? Well, <laughs> it is and it isn't a thing anymore. So yeah. we'll see when the Ahsoka show comes out. We'll see. Yeah. Anyway, I, uh, I will point out, though, that, I mean, there are certain parts of uh, the fandom that are frankly a little frightening and it almost gives credence to some of the uh some of the scare that came up and dan i I saw you peek up on the word credence there so that brings to mind and i think this is where you were going um brings to mind how much this that one series became a franchise Mm. and how complex that franchise has become yeah it's definitely been an interesting an interesting ride with that that series because the first one was really good. I loved Fantastic Beasts. I loved how they tied it back into the Harry Potter series in certain ways but kept it its own story. Um yeah. The second one was disappointing and that's coming from me. That's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will there say was, it was it was interesting, but having it as a sequel to that series, it was too serious. Yeah, I I think it had I think there was too much or not enough. Um, Fantastic Beasts. Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it felt like they lost their way a little bit with yeah. that sequel. Yep, and with as much as I love Johnny Depp, I don't think he portrayed that character very well. Yeah, I think he was too blasé um, about it, where he just was like, oh, yeah, I'm here. I don't care. And not really very passionate about that role or Mm. the show 
or the the character wasn't very passionate. Potentially, I I can definitely see that argument. But third oh. one was way better. Still not as good as the first. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly, see the third one actually. I haven't seen the second or third one. Um, I just kind of like it kind of slipped by when the second one was in theaters and then hearing what Dan and a few other friends have said about it is just, I don't know. I never really got my attention to get invested back into it. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely a renter. Like the second one was definitely a renter. Um, But yeah. Yep. Not, not great movies, but Enjoyable here and there. <laughs> yeah, fair. Okay, might have to go check out the third one then. Yeah, but I, I I love the fact that that started out as one just kind of fan fiction of fans coming forward of like, oh hey, what about whenever about discovering this animal? Yeah, and then well, I don't know if you know this, but J.K. Rowling read a book of it too. Well, they showed or they they mentioned Newt Scamander's Fantastic Beasts in the oh, movie. Yeah, it's one of their textbooks. Yeah, for, it, that's in the original series, and she actually did write a book about Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, and it was, I think I can't remember if her book was actually kind of a retelling of the textbook mm-hmm. of the of the fictional textbook, or if it was the or more along the lines of how Newt Scamander got where he was. Right. I can't remember that much, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know his his storyline past the third movie, um, other than the fact that he wrote the book and was, yeah. you know, I don't know if he like became a professor or a writer or something, but, um, yeah, but yeah, he was at least notable. Oh in, yeah, in the movie, so yeah, and th- and that's another thing that they tie in very well from the first film, even of kind of aging that world where it's not just oh hey you're here you are here and everything else in this timeline happens here which frankly i think is something that especially our generation and younger need to remind ourselves of Mm -hmm. like no no no. you're what's happening to you yes that started when you were born what's happening around you no 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 yeah that's been here for a long long time yep (laughs) um and the fact that they're able to portray that so poignantly and clearly in the, in the series as mm-hmm. a whole, like from the get go, you're walking into the great hall and Hermione's talking to a friend. I read this in Hogwarts history and it's not really the sky up there. It's just an enchantment or, yeah. and talking about the candles and everything else and how the food will just magically appear out of the kitchens. Right. It's, yeah. It, it gives this depth and age and this rustic nature to to the surroundings you're you're reading about or seeing in the films. Mm-hmm. That's another interesting point too. In in, and I know you neither of you have seen it, but the third movie, um, they show a little bit of Dumbledore doing some. Or I'm sorry, <laughs> he he shows this one place that they go to later on in the movie of like this is a historical place where they do all their elections and and stuff like that. And it kind of makes you wonder like where those places are in the Harry Potter world now. Like in in that day and age because it's like this was a very important place. So, yeah, it just makes me think like what could be out there, you know, in those in that day and age. <coughs> yeah. 
I would say there are also these little moments in across the books, even even in Cursed Child to an extent, which is kind of difficult to call that a book. It's it's a play that the script was published as a book. Still enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, the concepts of, of, of those will bring out a lot of aspects like what you're mentioning. And it's just kind of unveiling that and or unveiling this other world behind another world. Mm-hmm. And it's always kind of tickling that itch of, hmm, what else could be here? Yeah. I was going to um, bring, <laughs> I was going to bring this around to uh, another topic along the same lines, though, is something that's coming up. Uh, the new Hogwarts Legacy video game. Ooh. Um, which looks fantastic. Yeah. Pardon the pun. Um, <laughs> it does look really no, 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 good. No, no, no. That, I mean, just that like world exploration and just the ability to like roam in that world and not be the main characters and be like your own custom character. Like it's just it's already a fascinating world mm-hmm. and one that gets your attention and then being able to have that level of customization and exploration. Yeah. I just I, like it, it's more of a like, why did you not do this sooner kind of thing? Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I'm kind of glad they're doing it now though, because of the technology that they have now with being able to customize your characters and, and learn the spells as you go and, and things like that, that I don't think they could have done as well earlier on what like when the movies were coming out right i think we were still in a very early age of our gaming that like there was still some good good games and stuff but like right now is a good time i think because they're they're building a large world mm-hmm. it's gonna as far as i know it's gonna be open world as far as far as i've heard based on everything that they've shown in the trailers yeah it's yeah. gonna be pretty open world Seems like it's going to be very explorable. There's going to be the obvious like caps that is just like nope, you don't have the spell to enter this area yet. Right. Which yeah. I mean that's <laughs> present in literally every video game. Exactly. So, yeah. Like, or at least every video game that's open world and not linear. But mm. like, yeah, it, it definitely seems like there's going to be a lot of exploration available for this one, which I think is going to be awesome. Uh, I'm really excited to see what to do with it. I can't wait to see. Um, I don't remember what studio it was that was working on that one. Let me do I want to say it search. was Turtle Rock. I don't think that's right, though, hmm. now that I say it out loud. However, I think release date is quarter four this year, right? I think that's what they're saying, and I think, personally, I think they're going to release it around Christmas. Okay. Um, obviously, that's Which not... Which would make sense. Either that or, like, around the Black Friday time frame. Yeah, yeah. Um, so who knows is, what they're getting for Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> it is saying December 2022. So Ooh, they narrowed it down. They narrowed it down a little bit. Well, I'll take it. Is it December 31st, 2022? Because that's a placeholder. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, looks like Avalanche Software. Avalanche. The, okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. So the folks who did the uh, the Arkham games. Is it? I think so. Avalanche. Yeah. Not, no, that was Rocksteady. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, Rocksteady did the, the Batman games. What did games. Avalanche do? Uh, Avalanche has done... Uh, did Mortal Kombat in 96. They, uh, they've done a few Mortal Kombat games. They did a few Rampage games. Uh, they did Dragon Ball Z Sagas that was 
I don't rec- I don't remember that one. Um, <laughs> they did a Toy Story game, Cars game, and they did Disney Infinity, which I'm not familiar with that one either. But that's, that's the, that's, the that's, um, that's the one where you get all like the little mini figures. Yeah, and, that's the merchandising mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Yeah, they did a bunch of uh, Disney games. Okay. Yeah. So it sounds okay. like, so it sounds like a group that has a pretty high pedigree with licensed material. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or at least a at least a strong association with it. But yeah, yeah. This, I, I'm I'm thrilled to see what they can do with it. And like y'all both mentioned, this is something that this is the closest we you'll see to getting sucked into a beloved franchise since probably Pokemon Go. Hmm. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, Pokemon Go that summer, I mean, despite continuous heat waves and people just not being situationally aware, (laughs) no matter what, you saw people out that summer and the following summer Mm. in droves. Yeah. Looking at their phones, catching Pokemon. (laughs) That game still crossed the billion dollar mark during a pandemic. That says a lot to be like, that love that of that franchise from the fans. So yeah, like, yeah that's like, and like, yeah, I think that this studio is going to do a good job based on everything we've seen so far. Like, obviously like once we actually get a hands on, it'll be like, that'll be the real test to see like if it gets uh, repetitive in the gameplay and oh, whatnot yeah. after. Yeah. Um, if the mechanics but, can translate the, the feel of the world from what we all read and watched growing up into the game to the point of, I'm doing this. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what I, th- I think we're going to close out, but I wanted to ask one more question of um, what is one thing that you are looking forward to of that game? Like, like what you hope is going to be in it. Not exactly what you're looking forward to, but what you, hope I don't know if I have anything that I'm specifically hoping will be in the game as much as just being excited to have the exploration. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like with me having the least amount of uh, prior knowledge with this franchise right, right. out of the three of us. Like th- there's not anything in particular that I'm necessarily looking forward to story-wise or anything. It's just the exploration and the world building. Yeah. Um, Cause we've already got this established world. So that it's not like they're having to introduce us to a brand new world. I'm sure that there will be some of that to try and like introduce potential new fans. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just that exploration that's got me the most excited. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's, I want to hear more of the backstories on the ghosts and the poltergeists. Um, mm. Mm. Nearly, uh, nearly headless Nick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like in, in one of the books, they explain you know, Nick's backstory a little bit and go into more detail on it. But I kind of want to see some of these in quests where it's either you get sucked back into their memories mm. or they're, for whatever reason, they are reliving what led to them being a ghost, what led to them being trapped at Hogwarts. Be yeah. It, uh, some deal they made with some long forgotten headmaster or if it was something they did and now they're there as punishment. Hmm. So whatever the case may be, I would love to see those stories come out where it's like, <laughs> now you're building even more depth in, in history into this. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that could definitely be very interesting. A slight add on to my answer with this question is, I don't, what I would love to see them do is not 
rely heavily on established characters. Oh, yeah. I want to see them bring in some new characters, either potentially like a completely new timeline or do kind of like that Lord of the Rings RPG where it's like it's during the same timeline, but it's kind of like a tertiary story where it's happening in the background. And these characters are involved in some key moments, but they're like they were quote unquote nameless characters mm, during that yeah. time frame kind of thing. Um, it was like, we've seen that with some other franchises that we all love where they've just relied too heavily on established characters and they forgot to build up new characters that they were bringing in for the franchise at that time. So that's something I would love to see is just make new characters, write them well and give us a reason to care about those characters. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. I think what, if, if what I've heard about, the upcoming game is true. Um, the The premise and the time frame is going to be um, just before Tom Riddle is accepted in. So that would put it in, I think, the 40s? Hmm, okay. So probably just after Fantastic... It's either just before Fantastic Beasts or just after Fantastic Beasts. I would probably say after because I don't think Tom Riddle was... Yeah, because I don't think Tom Riddle went into the school until, like, 40s or 50s. Yeah. Um, well, that's uh, Yeah, that's a time frame we don't have a ton of knowledge on, so that, I mean, I'd be down for that. That'd be yeah. fun. Yep. I think uh, I actually have a couple of things I'm, I'm hoping are in it. Number one, I'm hoping that they have dragons. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm hoping that they have Quidditch. I can guarantee they will. <laughs> I, think I can almost guarantee they that will. Let me rephrase I that. think they've already shown that in the trailer, have they not? I know they have them flying around on brooms, but I, I'd have to watch the trailer again. But um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm looking forward to the learning of the spells and like building the character you want through... Mm-hmm what what kind of spells you learn, what kind of character you are, and stuff like that. So I, I will say I'm excited for that, but I'm also slightly nervous for how they work that. Mm. Because speaking for the three of us, we're we're all PlayStation gamers. Mm-hmm. One of the big appeals and not often used features of PlayStation 4 and now 5 is the touchpad. Mm. Oh, yeah. I am hesitant that they will use the touchpad for that i would love to see an op if they do i would love to see an option for other means of actually casting spells yeah yeah like definitely using different gestures and stuff for different spells and then using buttons for other spells i think would be very right different ways of doing it um so like quick spells would be map to your abxy or wow X squared triangle thank and circle. Yes, thank you. Good <laughs> grief. Anyway. Uh, yeah. But we all understood what you meant. Yes. <laughs> We're all gamers here. Kind of quick key it <laughs> to those. Kind of quick, quick, eh. quick, 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 kind of quick key some of the spells to those four <laughs> key, key buttons. But then if you actually have to do like a particular of your controller or if they do it sort of um oh old ps2 game where you're the uh you're a commie 
and you're oh okami where you're <laughs> where you're basically painting the gesture onto the screen in a um, oh, yeah, kind of a freeze yeah, yeah. frame of what's going on in that that exact moment yeah i think they do that with um uh infamous as well yeah they did yeah, so something akin to that, I would, I think that would be a, a good way to do it. It mm-hmm. will interrupt a little bit of flow, though. Yeah. Either way, it's it's something where I could see them. I think that really is going to be kind of the make or break deal f- for uh, for the game. Yeah. So if they handle that right, it's going to be what we hope for. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And with I already know that I'm going to spend far too much time on the customization screen. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Yup. <laughs> it's like, nope, his nose is too fat. I got to I gotta make it a little thinner. <laughs> <laughs> then he Just accidentally the bridge, bumped the wrong button on the scale and everything gets thrown off. <laughs> no, we're going to start over. <laughs> then it's like, oh, I get to start over. <laughs> Hence why I've never been here for four hours. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, I think we fairly fairly well covered uh, what we we set out to talk about. And for our audience, thank y'all for listening. And if uh, y'all have any friends or family that you think would enjoy some of what we've talked about already, and who knows, maybe some future episodes too. Go ahead and pass us on. We'd love to uh, to hear their thoughts as well. Expecto Patronum! <laughs> <laughs>